Gareth, come on up. We're, we're no good at short meetings, are we? <laughs> Gosh. We've already meant to have stopped. <laughs> well, Gareth, you just go for it, all right? We're right behind you. And uh, we just pray, God, that you will speak through Gareth, uh, that you will give him uh, just a godly confidence right now and bless him. Amen. Oh, thank you. You know, this is the first time I've been on this stage a few times. And it's the first time I'm on the stage without a script from Flix. So I don't know how well this is going to go. But I want to talk about Jesus is fruitful. And um, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 21, verse 18 to 19. It's the bit where Jesus curses the fig tree. And it goes, early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except in leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. Now, when I first read that, before I got into horticulture, I thought it was quite harsh what Jesus did to that fruit tree but as I've prepared for this I've realized and I've learned that the fig tree was sometimes a symbol for the nation of Israel and at that time the outward appearance of of that nation was quite healthy leafy it looked good but on closer inspection it was bearing absolutely no fruit and that's why Jesus cursed it, because there was no fruit there. It was pretending. And it's also about judgment and faith. Um, if, if, we, if, we, if the same verse in Mark 11, 12 to 14, says, says the same thing, but it says that it was not the season for fruit, which I thought was even more unfair that Jesus cursed it. But then I realized that we're supposed to be bearing fruit whatever the season, unlike trees. Why I chose the fig tree is that fig trees are fantastic plants. Um, for a living, I'm a head gardener. Um, I restore and manage historical gardens. That's what I've been doing for the past 16 years. And um, the, fruit, the fig tree is a fantastic tree because on the tree, it's actually got three generations of fruit. So you'll have, you'll have the fruit that you'll be harvesting at this time of year um, that'll be ripe. Then you have another, another fruit on it which is a bit smaller and looks like it's going to ripen. And then you'll have an embryotic generation of fruit which is a tiny little pea-sized thing growing in the leaf axis. Um, that's why people get, when they've pruned fruit, uh, fig trees, they make mistakes because they chop off that embryotic fruit. But the only, in, in a climate like this, in a, in a cooler temperate climate, you'll only get one harvest of, of a fruit tree because it's not warm enough unless you grow it in a glass house. So you'll only get the one and you'll have to pick off the other ones. So... Unlike apple trees, pear trees, nectarines, or any of, of the other fruit, you know, fig trees are really interesting because of th those three generations. And I think maybe another reason why Jesus might have cursed that tree 
was because a fig tree has the advantage over other trees in that in a warm climate, there should be two harvests on the same plant. I mean, that wouldn't it be wonderful if we had apple trees over here that you could get, you know, you'd get one harvest of the apple where you make your cider and then you get another harvest of an apple where you could actually just eat. So, another thing which I love about the fig trees is that they actually fruit better with their roots restricted. So back in the Victorian times, what they'd do is they'd put them, they'd put a fig tree in a, in a, in a kind of, a, like in a big pot, or they would, um, they would build a concrete container for it with an open bottom, but they'd restrict the fruits on the sides. And I was wondering, is that the reason why we see more miracles sometimes in so-called third world countries or countries where, where Christians are, are persecuted a bit more? You know? is, is, is it because their root system is more restricted that they produce more? Just a theory. Um, when I plant any tree in, in an orchard, my first job is to prepare the ground. And kind of how I do the ground is obviously I'll take all the weeds off the surface and I'll dig down. And I, the estate that I work on is in the downs. And all the ground there is shale. It's a kind of rock. It breaks quite easily, but it's all shale. And I have to, when I'm digging down, I expose those rocks, those stones. I bring them up to the surface because when I plant the tree, I want it to have the best chance to develop a good root system. And likewise in our lives, in my life, you know, the more God digs into my life, the more stones he finds and the more things he exposes to the light that can be dealt with. And it's not always an easy process because some of those rocks are buried pretty deep and you don't know how they affect you until you allow God to dig them to the surface, bring them up, expose them to the light and then chuck them away. The other thing is when I plant trees, I have to feed them. So initially I give the plants nitrogen which which promotes loads of leafy growth. Then I give um, phosphorus, um, which will um, promote kind of roots, strong roots and disease resistance. And uh, potassium, which will produce fruit and flowering. That's the job, I believe, of the Holy Spirit. We need to be fed with with the Holy Spirit so we can produce the fruit. The right feed at the right time. Different times in our lives we need to grow and other times in our lives we need to produce fruit. The problem with leaves and the problem with this fig tree that Jesus cursed was that it was on the outside it looked healthy, full of leaves, but no fruit. Too many leaves take up space um, too many leaves block out light. Um, and too many leaves actually stop the rain from falling on the root system. 
I don't know if you've ever been underneath a yew hedge. I expect most of you haven't. But even after it's, after it's rained, you'll look under a yew hedge, for instance, because it's quite dense, or any, any kind of evergreen hedge. It could have rained pretty heavy. And believe you me, under there, the root system is dry. It's amazing. So too much leaf produces a canopy that doesn't allow light, doesn't allow moisture. It really, it's, and the other thing with too much leaf is that it hides stem problems. If you've got canker, for instance, in a tree and you've got loads of leaves, you can't see it. You can't see that, say, a branch of an oak tree is cracked and ready to fall because sometimes you have ivy growing up it and, it and and it hides it it's all that leaf all that green covers up fractures covers up problems so having too much leaf is not a great thing another thing about leaves is that i don't know if you, have you guys you know stick insects then you get something called leaf insects now, leaf insects mimic leaves, obviously, to, to camouflage themselves, to protect themselves from birds and predators. You'll never find an insect pretending to be a fruit because fruit is meant to be eaten. You can hide. You can hide with leaves. You can't hide as fruit. That's why you don't get an apple insect or a peach insect because they wouldn't survive long. Um, you know, I make a lot of jokes, you know, and I talk a lot of nonsense sometimes. Um, and that's, those are my leaves. That's the leaf that's growing on this tree. I use my humor. I use my jokiness sometimes because I don't want you to see my stem, my cracked branches. I don't want you to see the broken stuff. So I put up all these lovely leaves and it looks nice and green and lush and I'm joking and I'm carrying on. And when I'm making jokes with you, when I'm being the clown, nobody's going to ask who Gareth is because he's just, that's him over there. That's my leaves. So I use leaves as camouflage too. And I bet you a lot of you guys have leaves, leafy things to hide the things that you feel that you don't want to be exposed. False humility. That's leafy. Um, pretending that we're all okay when we're really not. That's leafy too. What about, what about thinking that we are holier than those sinners over there or over there? That's leafy, very leafy. There's no fruit there. It's camouflage. You don't want people to see you. You just put up the leaves. We need to not do that. It's not great. We heard from Anna's great talk over here, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, about what is the fruit? You know, love, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness. That's the fruit that we're supposed to produce. Not an abundance of leaves. Um, if we go to, let's have a look at Matthew 12, 33. It says over here, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree will be recognized by its fruit. We call ourselves Christians. 
Christ-like, followers of, 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 of Jesus. Jesus is fruitful. Therefore, we should be fruitful in turn if we want to call ourselves followers of Christ. We need to produce fruit. You know, you might not be a joiner. You might, you might prefer it on the fringes. You might not be a socialite. You can produce fruit too. The fruit is not only for you. The, the fruit is not for the tree to munch. You never see a, a, a cannibalistic fruit tree, do you? That tree is for others. You know, um, how do we become fruitful then? You know, it's all these things. You know, we have to let, let just let God prepare the ground of our hearts. Let him get in there. Let him dig up those roots, those um, stones, so your roots can grow deep. And another key thing, I believe, is as a Christian, know that you are, your purpose is to, is to bear fruit. Your purpose is not just to come here every Sunday, drink a bit of coffee, talk a bit of nonsense. The, the fruit is out there. You, you, we should be feeding other people with this fruit. We, we need the right influences, the right food. You know, I know for sure what stops me producing fruit is when I'm influenced by the wrong stuff. I know that my fruit starts to shrivel up. Have you ever heard of something called June drop in apple trees? That's when the, the, the fruit develops, but it only gets about that big, and then all of a sudden, boom, it all drops on the floor. I have June drop in my life. I feel like I'm going for it and I feel my branches are getting heavy with some nice fruit. And then bang, I start getting influenced by the wrong stuff. Not looking up, looking sideways, left ways, but not in the right places. And the next thing, bang, I've got immature fruit all over the floor that's good for nobody. So be aware of our influences. They can either make us be fruitful or they can make us lose all our immature fruits. And then also, of course, you know, don't hide. You know, you know I'm t don't hide behind leaves. You know, this is not a place to pretend. This is not a place to, you know, to be, to be something that we're not. I remember someone saying to me, what an effort it is keeping up the pretense all the time. You know, God can handle who I really am. God can handle all the stuff that's in me, as rotten or as shameful or as lazy maybe sometimes as it is. He can handle all that stuff. Don't hide behind leaves. Don't pretend. It's, it's a waste of time and it's pointless. You know, finally, I just... I'd just like to say that you don't produce fruit overnight as well. You know, when I buy a tree, I, I normally buy a feathered maiden or a whip. And they're about maybe two years old, about that big, you know. And um, in the first year, it gets a couple of blossoms, but I pick them off 
because I don't want that tree wasting its time making flour. And then in the second year, I'll allow it to have one or two fruits. And then after three years or so, that tree will be producing good fruits. And it will produce fruit for the rest of its, of its productive life. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes effort. It takes work. And, you know, the whole, I believe, I mean, I know that God loves me and us, any one of us, just the way we are. There's nothing we, we, we can do or don't do that will make, make him love us less. But if you want to live an abundant life here, if you want to feed your brothers and sisters, if you want to make a difference to the people who know you, then they're going to have to feed off you. You're going to have to produce fruit for them. Shade is a great thing, but too much shade causes you to become weak and shrivel up eventually. So I just want to just pray now that, that God would help us. Each one of us is a, is, is a tree here, but we're not like the fig tree. We don't need a specific season. We're not like an apple tree where you pick most of your stuff in September. We are in an orchard, in good soil. The stones are being pulled up day by day. And the soil is not only in your heart. The soil, my soil, a lot of my soil is in my head. That's where I've got lots of rocks. Looking at wrong stuff, thinking wrong things. So I just, just want to encourage you that from a person who's got an Olympic medal in doing wrong, that I'll, he's never given up on me and he never gives up on you. We've all got the potential to produce those fruits of the Spirit that we heard Anna speaking about. Because really, as a Christian... Let's just get it simple because that's really where it's at. Guys, thank you very much.